Hello and welcome to part two of Gone Too Soon. In this episode we will be covering events right up until the end of the Wales and National Ice Rink. Thank you so much for listening as always. This has been a great couple of episodes about some really, really special names and special players uh, that have been in Devil's Colours over the seasons and um, it's been uh, a great joy bringing uh, these to you. We have got another one to go. We've got the Big Blue Tent and Viola Arena eras to cover so we will be covering them in the next episode as well and we'll also cover some uh, few disputes that we've had about the stories that we've told in these few episodes here so uh, stick around for that because uh, we'll have a, a few interesting debates about a few things that have been said but um, for now sit back relax enjoy part two of uh, gone too soon we're going to uh, pick this up just after the uh, story of the first Super League year with Glenn Anderson, Beavis and One Punch. That's just happened, so we'll pick up just as those stories uh, die down and go through the rest of the Super League era for you and the first bit of the Elite League era as well. Please keep contributing your ideas and your stories and your pictures. We had uh, a great tweet um, from someone who was actually in the limo uh, with Glenn Anderson and Vez and Stephens each and uh, we also got the strawberry shirts up uh, as a picture as well um, so please 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 just keep uh, uh, tweeting us um, at uh, Franny BTB and um, you know it's uh, it's been great to have that interaction with you all and uh, let's keep it rolling here's uh, part two of Gone Too Soon and we'll be back with part three in the coming weeks uh, enjoy. We'll just go through a few more names from around this era, sort of 96 to 2001. Um, got a few here. You mentioned him, I believe, during the Tough Guys episode. John, I was a big fan. Tony Ticelli. I, I like Tony Ticelli. I, and again, I don't know what sort of teammate he was. He came in at the same time as, as Mike McWilliam. I remember he was a kind of Kip Noble stature. He, you know, he was, he was stocky and, and uh, had hell of a shot on him. And he came in, I think he was 35, 36 when he came in. But, um, uh, yeah, I just like the way he played. I thought he made a good first pass. I thought he, he was a heads-up uh, defenseman. And he, he was released just before playoffs. And I'm not sure why. But, I was yeah, I was sorry that Tony Cicelli went. Yeah, super nice guy. I the thing I always remember about Tony Ticelli, I was never sure whether he was here to play hockey or to do business because he was involved in the sports cafe. He was. Um, ah, and okay. so was Paul Guy. I think yeah. He was known of the Devils at the time. That was huge when it opened. Oh, it was the huge. Bay, yeah. Sports cafe. Yeah. yeah. And it was probably a little bit ahead of its time because I think they had gone on to build it because they were promised that the whole mm. bay would be developed. Yeah. And I think that took longer than expected, mm -hmm. as things tend to do, and that was like almost a standalone place down there. Yeah, it was. it was an amazing venue. Oh, it was fantastic. It? And, and now, if you think back, you know, now it would be yeah, it'd be, be perfect. Fantastic. Well, there's one in London that's still yeah. super popular in the haze. Like, it's still as a concept. The sports yeah. cafe is. Yeah, but Tony Ciccelli was involved in the sports cafe in North America. Yes, I think he had some stake in the franchise in Cardiff. I think you're right. And it was a dual purpose. He was over here to grow the sport or to, to build the sports cafe in Cardiff and yeah. to, to play hockey at the same time so it was, it was always a, a weird combo but yeah. really nice guy good Absolutely. player 
So gone too soon, Tony Cicelli and the Sports Cafe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Built too soon, I think. Built too <laughs> soon. I've also got here that he signed for the Cardiff Rage. There's no games listed on Elite Prospects, but he is listed as part of the roster. I don't know if we've he got might, any... well, He might well have played because he has a, an Italian passport. Mm. Uh, the name kind of gives it away. Mm. Um, Do you think he may have gone there after being released towards the playoffs? I, I think he might have gone there when he was still in Cardiff with the development yeah. of the Sports Cafe and was just looking to play for a bit of fun. Yeah, possibly so. Cardiff Rage. Love it. <laughs> That's a whole new episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get waffy in for that episode. Yeah. I think we'll, uh, we'll need to do a, a bit of a special one for that. Um, Mario Sinioni. Right. Okay. So I'm going to be controversial. This, this, he turned out to be a very good goal scorer, and he played online with Mario and Ian McIntyre. And I think if you're playing online with with those two, McIntyre created space, and and Mario was a, a great playmaker, and Simeone could find the net. I was disappointed because the rumor had been that summer we were signing Ed Courtney, and I thought Ed Courtney was the best goal scorer probably ever to play in this country you know you can go up there with the likes of John Pell and, and, and what have you but I was hoping we'd get Courtney Courtney I don't know whether he was using us as a bargaining chip or what have you but ended up going back to Sheffield and so we brought in Mario Simeone who you know he was a he bigger guy at the end of his career 35 36 it took him a while to get going by the end of the year he actually was scoring a lot of goals and has gone on to have a good coaching career um but I don't know whether I was kind of judging him in the light of, of, of Ed Courtney. Um, but I didn't really immediately take to him. Although he did score uh, a nice goal against Manchester in the playoff uh, semi-final. Where we won 5-0 and was, of course, part of that, that playoff winning team. So, um, yeah, a, a good player who I think I probably judged unfairly. Okay. Mario Simeone. Um, I mean, I have well, got... I, I did say the same year... On that team is is a guy who's got to be up there as one of the you know oh, the biggest yeah, this guy is, oh, soon is the, Marty Lindley. Yeah, the the my, my yeah I I put him in my greatest devil's defenseman the other day on the Inferno. Yeah, he good friends with Ed Patterson. I, I remember talking to Ed when he took over the coaching job yeah. and he was trying really hard to get. Lindman oh, he was super back. Is he, he went off then to the DL in Germany and ended up playing you know back yeah. between top leagues. But uh, yeah, he was he he was as good as any demon I think that's been over here. Offensive demon that type yeah. of demon. But but he, he was an offensive defenseman who could who could defend at a high level as well. He was the complete package at a time when Super League was probably at its peak. Uh, kind of real quick, wispy shot that, that used to cause a lot of problems. And, uh, you know, he could throw a hit as well. And, and, and Martin Lindman, yeah, we, we signed two great Swedish defensemen at that time. And, and, and Peter Eckroth, even though he came in as a veteran, I loved Peter Eckroth. Um, and, and Martin Lindman was, was, was absolutely uh, superb. And when you're talking about having Kip Noble and, say, and Martin Lindman on the same... Punch, oh, <laughs> Kip, Kip Noble and Martin Lindman... Um, yeah, they were some frighteningly good players. Um, and yeah, Martin Lindman was probably um, a, a guy who one season would get into my greatest ever Devils uh, lineup. Gone too soon. Gone too soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll guess we'll go through some notable ones because if we go through all of these names, um, we really are going to be here for a lot longer than I anticipated. Yeah. Um, Infamous gone too soon's Aaron Bow. 
<laughs> Do you know, I never got to see much of Aaron Bogues. I wasn't on the team yes. at the time. I wasn't watching the team at the time. Where were you at this time? Were I you at Guildford? No, I never went to Guildford. Telford? Did you go to Telford? I went to Telford you briefly, Telford. but then back to the sort of... Uh, wasn't was it the rage? It was, yeah. yeah, it would have been the yeah. Um, Satan's gone. It would been the rage. Yeah. So I was always away, you know, in places like Invicta and <laughs> Chelmsford, <laughs> you know. Solent. Uh, yeah. So I I never got to see Aaron Bow, but from what I hear about him, you know, when he talk, people say about characters in the game, I think that probably up there in yeah. terms of biggest characters. Um, like I say, I didn't didn't see much of him. Um, I was away playing for the rage. Um, but everybody talks about him in terms of an excitement, you know, would try ridiculous mm. things on the ice, off the ice. Um, yes. You know, again, not the biggest guy, but, you know, had definitely a, uh, definitely a, a fight in him. Oh, he had a short fuse. Yeah. He, a short fuse there were, there were a few guys, the guys like Corey Mullen came at that time and he was, but Aaron Bow I liked as a hockey player, but again, you don't know what he's like off the ice and there are, you know, rumors circulating around that, uh, uh, he lived a fun life off the ice as, as, as well as on it and, uh, and unfortunately his time in Cardiff came to an end. Isn't he something with a Superman costume? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know the details. <laughs> we'll. so is, that, is that I'm looking at? He only played five games. So that was yeah. And an Autumn Cup yeah. run as well oh, okay. of about nine games. Wow. The way people talk about him. I no, thought he was no. here for like 30 no. or 40 games. War, war number uh, four was, yeah. was another. Franny, I'll ask you about the Autumn Cup actually. A lot of players seem to either leave or get released after that Autumn Cup. It's almost Autumn like a tryout, wasn't it? Yeah. In, in the, because it yeah. was a standalone competition yeah. back then you used to start the year with the Autumn Cup. With the group Cup, stages. And then you'd finish the group stages then you'd move on to the league which I'm quite a big fan of to be honest. I, I thought it worked great. Yeah. You know, you, you played you know, those... Rather than have that kind of what are we playing for tonight is it the league or, yeah, absolutely. or the uh, Challenge Cup as it is now. Uh, yeah. No, the old Benton Hedges when it was you played last week of August to, to first week of October yeah, was group stages. Till, yeah. yeah, till October. So, I th- yeah, and I think teams used to you know, you could almost take a gamble, couldn't you? you could and, take a and see if a uh, player turned out. And yeah. if not, you lost a couple of group stage points in in the uh, Autumn Cup, and then you could yes. replace them ready for the um, ready for the league. Absolutely. Um, and w- going back a step, um, and I know we haven't got time to do this. One we didn't mention, but I thought had gone too soon, gone too soon to injury, uh, was Randy Smith, who came in first year yes, Devils yeah, and scored. Show. A heck of a lot of goals. He came in from Peterborough, ex team Canada. He league, oh, he, he did. Yeah. He was fantastic, and he, he came in and he got that back injury. It was a yeah, de- debilitating. Surgery. Yeah, he still came on every road trip. He did even after the back surgery. Yeah. and stayed a big part of the team, and you know was a real fun guy to be around. And lesser known fact about him: it was Randy Smith that brought uh, Thunderstruck, ACDC Thunderstruck, into the Devils warm up for the first time, and it remained until earlier this year when there was a big overhaul. Hmm. to try and get us out of a bit of a slump. <laughs> My first ever favourite player, Randy Smith. I think he scored a hat-trick on the first ever game I went to. So it will always be me. part of my uh, my devil's lore. Um, one, a couple of names from the season that no fan would have been on the inside of the building for. So, John, you might not even <laughs> uh, know about uh, these guys, the, the infamous sort of uh, 01-02 season. Um, Mike Nicolition? Yes. He was on my list of people to talk. If, if he had joined the Devils in a legit season, he was you know, a good player. Um, he would have been, you know, he would have definitely made an impact and, you know, he could have played in those teams. You know, I think he had a good calibre from the East Coast League. He came um, in as captain, didn't he? Or did he, he came, captain? Yeah. came in as captain, yeah, you're right. Um, 
but yeah, he, he was a guy definitely gone too soon. It would have been good to see him in, you know, a proper devil scene yeah. with, you know, the, the proper backing and all the rest of it and not in that controversy. But, you know, really nice guy and a player that I think could have, again, played in, uh, in you know, many a good devil's team. There were a lot of players who, who played that year during the, I guess, the first lockout year or the lockout year. Who, who I think, did Mark Twait play for the Devils? Yeah, Bobby, did. Bobby yeah. Brown, John uh, Dolan, John Dolan, John Dolan. Um, I, I, was, Blair, somebody was Paul Sample in that team? Yeah, he was. yeah, Paul Sample, Stuart Potts, Stuart Potts, Jamie Visser, uh, Mark Hazelhurst, a uh, goalie as well that I think would have done well. He played the previous year in the BNL. Was Tom Noble played yeah. in Hull? Um, really good goalie mm-hmm. as well. I mean, he in the early days before they cut all the imports um, in the, of that season, uh, you know, he kept us respectable in many a game. And again, he would have been somebody on a good team. Would have been a you know a real proud pleaser. Who was the bold headed coach? I want to say Ken Dryden, but obviously he's not. What was what was the guy who came in and, and... Ken Southwick? Ken Southwick. <laughs> Ken <laughs> Southwick. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, where do I start? Um, Darren. Darren. Ha- Houghton, who's another import on that team, yeah. again played in Hull, wicked guy. We still exchange messages back and forth <laughs> on Facebook about uh, Ken Southwick. Uh, he was living in somewhere like Thornhill yeah. and used to walk to the rink every day um, and used to come into practice and take it out on all the Brits because he'd been walking past Rose Park Lake and said hello to everybody and people had ignored him. And, <laughs> And, and that was our fault. For those international listeners, Thornhill to the rink would be about, what, seven miles? Yeah, oh yeah. It's, yeah. it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a fair walk if we have got international listeners. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, he used to think that people, or, uh, Welsh people were so rude because he was speaking to them as he was walking you know, past Rose Park and he wasn't getting anything back. <laughs> but you know, it probably reflected on him more than it did on them. So uh, yeah, Ken Southwood. Oh, never thought I'd bring him up on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll skip forward a little bit. Um, Let's say, do we do we go just to the year before uh, Nicolishin and that lockout year? Three guys I got written down: Brigley, yes, Chasse, Norris. Yeah, and I'll add Al Roos. I'd add Zima as well. I got yeah, yeah. Where do we start? <laughs> Wow, there was that was a very good. Despite what happened at the end of the season, that was a very good team. Yeah, John Parker on that team. Yeah, Chasse um, yeah, could come in from from Bracknell and was a was a goal scorer in the ilk of, a, of an Ed Courtney. I was excited by him and, and similar to Randy Smith. Did back injury get yeah, get Chasse and yeah. yeah. Again, he was an NHL resume guy, wasn't yeah. he? And tough and mm-hmm. could just about do everything. Absolutely. Um, Norris was Norris. was a, nails a tough tough boy. He could play you know defense or, or forward. I think he went to Nottingham with Stevie Murray the next year, um, and and he was yeah he he was a guy who could score some spectacular goals. But um, you know we've got to mention in the tough guys episode you wouldn't you wouldn't like to go up against him. And Brigley, probably one of the first players to have played in the UK, then played NHL. Yeah, he went, he went more... to Anaheim, didn't he? Uh, after he, uh, he did, he had played in Colorado. He played pre- Colorado, and I think he he went back and to the, the show and, and potentially played for Anaheim. And uh, yeah, he he uh, he came in. I think he had the flow in locks, didn't he? So he was he was a favourite with uh, 
well, the girls and the guys, um, <laughs> and and yeah, put up some points in a you know we had that Jeff Olmer style impact, um, who I guess we've probably mentioned later, and and unfortunately he was yeah gone too soon. You held that crush for a long time, John. A fair play to you. <laughs> he gets nowhere near Rick Raban. I'd, mar- <laughs> I'd, I'd marry Rick Raban. Uh, who else was on that list? Only Yad. I think there was one was name at the end. Brigley, Chassis, and Norris. Yeah. Oh, so, right, okay. one, one guy I wish we'd got earlier, uh, who I always liked, and, and Franny might correct me on this, but we got him at the end of his career and he was nowhere near as good as he was, uh, was Darren Durdle. Uh, we got him during a very poor year where we had a whole load of Swedish players who never really made the cut. And I think, again, Durdle had come in 35, 36, and... and uh, uh, you know, uh, had some injuries, so not one gone too soon, but certainly one I'd have liked to have gotten earlier in his his, his career would have he, been Darren He's an Dirtle. iconic Heineken yeah. era player, isn't he? You know, you had on that team, you had AD, yes. Dirtle, yeah, Curtinback, Terry yeah. Curtinback, yeah, and then on other teams like the Dale Jagos, yeah, and, you know all those kind of and Dirtle because he was so big, wasn't he was it? so big, and um, it was it was actually I think not thanks to him, but because of him that I sort of got noticed. When I was a 17-year-old playing my first couple of games for the Devils, um, I remember us playing against, it must have been Nottingham at the time. Was he Bracknell and Peterborough he was as well? Uh, maybe one of those, but uh, I remember I was out against him and he was up at, at the point and um, they won the face-off, went straight back, so it was a wing and my job was to go out to my point man. And he took a shot and as he's off balance on his back foot, I, I kind of worked out a way that I could hit players a lot bigger than me and you know it looked really good and mm-hmm. um, you know he'd take a shot and if you catch somebody as they've taken their shot all their weight is transferred onto yep. their back leg if you hit them they haven't got a lot to stand on so I hit Durdle went down the crowd went nuts and everything and I think you know that was one of the things that Lawless then liked about me and gave me a bit more of a shot yeah. because you know I was going out there and willing to put myself up against bigger guys Absolutely. and you know he, he was he was one of the biggest in the oh, league at the time so yeah. it was kind of me trying to make a, a point on there with a bit of a cheap play. also on this uh, era Jason Rushton probably most well known for Jared Adams totally wiping him out Uh, in the big blue tent when he played in the Giants jersey that's the thing I remember most and and potentially a Springbok incident and it was about the time (laughs) I was clubbing in Springboks I don't know whether (laughs) I don't think I was involved but uh, I I actually wasn't with the Devils at that time but jumped in to stop him I think maybe beating up a fan or something like that but yeah it was the uh, it was the Sunday night you know after after game place to go wasn't it The, the Springbok yeah um and yeah like something just tipped him off and he uh just started teeing off on a fan and i think that was the end of jason rushton that's my overriding memory before the notice of a drugs ban came through (laughs) anyway so it was actually uh yeah, it was good uh, also banned for life from Slough Ice Arena for destroying a vending machine after being thrown out during a game between Bracknell and Slough. But the he vending just... machine totally deserved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It didn't have his head up. Someone um, was holding Rushton, the vending machine was trying to hit him. <laughs> there were Skittles everywhere and now he can't skate in Slough <laughs> any longer. Should he wish? Should he, Should wish, he wish? So the landscape of British ice hockey changes a little bit again. Um, British players are brought back into the fold with the, the rise of the Elite League era when everyone's gone bust and reset needs to happen. Um, so for any of you back in the mix in the in the top flight of British ice hockey where you belong, where um, the Devils belonged, 
Um, so it started off uh, the season the Devils with a couple of exhibitions um, against Swedish opposition mm-hmm. um, when the Elite League restarted. And there's a couple of guest appearances in those early games. I want to start talking about Joe Watkins, who uh, guested for the Devils in those uh, exhibition games before going to the ECHL. Was probably Ben Bounds before Ben Bounds yeah. <laughs> was playing professional hockey, and I think he was someone who would have had a bright future had he stayed in Devils colours. What do we remember about Joe Watkins? Yeah, I actually played a bit in my my only brief spell away from the Devils was in Telford for. Uh, a couple of months and I played and lived with Joe and Tom Watkins uh, and he was a young, very very young guy then I think he was like 17 uh, you know uh, tall frame and I think that that was about the era when goalies were starting to get a lot bigger because traditionally they were quite small weren't mm-hmm. they you know uh, and then all of a sudden the the style to be was a kind of butterfly style mm-hmm. that filled the net and Joe suited that really well and uh, I remember he did really well in he those did. games for the Devils and I think we would have loved to have kept hold of him, but he had ambitions to go and try his luck in the States, which he did with, you know, reasonable success, yeah. I think. Great agility. Just um, season before that, BNL's quick couple of quick shout outs. I thought Kurt Walsh was pretty good. A guy I'd, I'd put into the Darren Durdle category of I'd love to have had him earlier in his career, Mike Bishop, uh, ex Humberside Seahawks and Humberside Hawks. Uh, I always like Mike Bishop. Um, I think Blair Scott had a season with us as well. Um, and these were all guys who, who we probably got them at the wrong time. Um, Blake Knox, I'd throw into that. Guys we got at the wrong time, um, but from previous years at previous clubs, I was I was big fans of. But yeah, Joe, Joe Watkins. Um, I think if Cardiff had been um, a bit more stable, as, as it is now and was under John Lawless, he he might have been convinced to stay around, but I I'm I'm not sure we we quite at that time had the uh, stability or, or or the money to to kind of reassure him that he could fulfil his ambitions uh, in Cardiff. And then around around the same year, um, there's another goalie who I think again goes into the gone too soon category for me was Owen McInerney. Yeah. Um, uh, he'd been previously with Nottingham he, and yeah. Sheffield yeah. and Hull and he was yeah. in the famous brawl wasn't he he was and what I loved about him I, I love goalies that are quite aggressive mm-hmm. and you know they see someone parked out in front of their crease and they're hacking and whacking and that was him to a T he yeah. was like you know he was very very tough guy big guy and he wasn't afraid to you know throw those slashes out and I always remembered I liked that about him he was Absolutely. commanding back there um, and then you know he decided to to go back home, didn't he? After a while, I'm not even sure why, but uh, yeah, it was mid season. Then Cugnet we brought in Cugnet, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sleeping. That's a that's a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> great fight with or great slash on Jeremy Cornish. Jason Cugnet did many good things for the Devils, uh, but but probably my favourite was his yeah, stepping up and was fighting. His, yeah, was his, fighting Jeremy was his slash and fight well with Jeremy played, Cornish. Yeah. Uh, that's what you remembered for as a goalie. Um, <laughs> moving swiftly on um, Jeff Ulmer in that yes. first Elite League year yeah, it came in was it nine games yeah. and 18 points lit the league up I don't remember anything like John but for some reason that stats <laughs> in my head but uh, yeah he was was he, was he signed out of the NHL and then went back or he was was he was he affiliated with the Rangers or, or but I'm sure it was he, a Rangers link um, I'm sure he went back didn't he after playing for us and uh, yeah I, I, I think he did because uh, during the lockout season the following year he yeah. tore up the AHL 
Yes. And had there not been a lockout, <laughs> yeah. he probably would have been primed in, in the, to, yeah. to go up. So I think looking at his statistics, that is really, really poor luck yeah. from him. But yeah, he did, uh, I believe, uh, go on to have a few NHL appearances after uh, leaving the Devils. Reasonably close to coming back to the Devils in the new era. There were stories that we yeah, were looking well, at. Yeah, when he went back, when he went up to Brayhead and it didn't work out so well, we were definitely in with him, thought we had him and uh, and didn't get him. But um, yeah, he, you know, he, he was someone we tried. I mean, G tried to get him for years. Andrew Law then tried to get him for a number of years and uh, we didn't end up back with him. But, you know, it doesn't, it quite often doesn't work out second time no. around. So. And now he's, time Brayhead was brief mm-hmm. um, before he uh, moved on and he took responsibility for that he did yeah and I just checked out his stats he left us after nine games 18 points to go and sign in the SM Liga in Finland uh, before heading back to the AHL and then a, a sort of career in the DL and mm. KHL yeah not bad what a what an impact and of course he left at the same time as Mer Priest as yes, well there was kind did. of a one-two punch at that time and yep. Priest had started that season um, on fire and in many ways probably long term was a bigger loss for yeah. that team than yeah, uh, very underrated guy Mo Priest. he was he went off to star in CSI Swindon or Barry or something <laughs> yeah. um, so more from that uh, sort of early elite league uh, time John Craighead yeah John Craighead um, he would I remember at the before we got him in, we were getting bullied like mad. Yeah, and he, the only reason he left Nottingham was didn't he have the mumps or something? And, he did, and, yeah, and, and, yeah. Uh, it was a real weird falling out between him and Gary Moran. Yeah, I which surprises me because Gary is, uh, you know, a relaxed character. <laughs> but I remember playing against Craighead for Nottingham, and I will say he is without any exception the toughest opponent I ever really? played against because he was so big and strong. I remember he had the putt one time and I was like trying to at least get around him to poke check him or something and he just kind of held me off and I just couldn't get within, I don't know, probably felt like about 10 foot of the putt, but <laughs> you know, he shielded it so well, he was this big strong guy, um, you know, he could, he was a really good hockey player, a really tough hockey player mm. um, and you know, he was a bit of a different guy in the room, you know, he was quite sort of self-centered and uh, you know, he talked about Brabant and those kind of traits. Mm. Um, you know, he had a few. I mean, I got on well with him on a personal level, but he did rub up some people the wrong way, uh, and maybe that's why you know he he was available um, at that time of the season. But standing remember, there going toe to toe with Andre Payet though, when when nobody else had yeah, touched Payet, Payet, Payet yeah. had literally come in and won Coventry those games in the first two minutes of the game by you know running someone over, and, and we didn't have any. We you know that was the time I, I whistle was coach, yeah. and we had no toughness no. and. Uh, um, yeah, we were getting we were getting bullied, and uh, Craighead came in and put a stop to that, which mm. was, which was nice. But yeah, I, I thought John Craighead was a hell of a player. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed, he was a good friend with Ivan Matulik as well. I believe really? they had, a, they had a, still a selling camp. cars in Vancouver. <laughs> I remember bumping into Craighead in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Really? Yeah, without the afro now. Really, without oh, the afro? Well, that's I, was, just a shame. I was disappointed. Yeah, Maybe really John Craig again without the afro. Yeah. And John was, Craig. Because that was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, that was the distinctive you know, look about him, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. Had, you know, the, the massive fro with the helmet, the helmet kind of sitting on, on it with, with all the yeah. hair coming out. And again, you know, when you talk about 
iconic hair in hockey. Yeah. Um, like your example earlier, and you know, Mo with his bandana yeah, and yeah. John Craighead's hair has got to be up there. No, he had that Ogie, Oglethorpe hair yeah. and, and was probably <laughs> probably the first iconic player in that new elite league era, and the league probably needed it. Um, mm. uh, so, yeah, Craighead, I think, in a short time, and, and not just for the Devils, did, yeah. did quite a lot for the British game. And then on that team, too, we'll offer up has gone too soon, John Cullen. Oh, yeah. Uh, what a player he what was. What a player. Um, I think still led our team in scoring, even though he had that he had yeah. that injury, didn't he? After the uh, hit, the, the Perron hit, yeah. And Perron, and he was he was never quite the same, was he? After that, yeah. That, you know, even when he came back, uh, yeah, you know, no. there was definitely a reluctance on his part, understandably, after having such a bad injury. But um, you and I disagree, not disagree on this, but we had the conversation in the summer about his um, his role on the team. I would throw Dave Matsos into that category because I thought Dave Matsos was a good two-way winger who who did a lot of work for Cullen on that line and and wanted to stay in Cardiff. I think was was assistant coach for next year was going to be involved in the juniors and then you know injury struck him as well and um, whilst his hockey wasn't always the most popular in Sheffield, he he, he won some trophies up there. So yeah. I, I was sorry to see Dave Matsos go as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that was more you know the injury and then he got offered the the coaching job and you know what a what a success he made of that and you know in terms of trophies won per season oh, you know, that's uh, a great job and, and doing very well now in, in the OHL um, and then the final name again a lockout guy Rob Davison um, was here for um, what have I got here 24 games mm-hmm. um, he got the mumps as well he did get the mumps. The, the mumps kind of filtered around the league. Yeah. I got the mumps that year as well. I was <laughs> hanging out with Craig and yeah, yeah. Davidson. Yeah. That's a podcast. Yeah, you, yeah. Craig Ed and Davidson. Um, yeah, he got the Gaz- mumps. Gaz and the mumps. Gaz and the mumps. a band from the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rob Davison, uh, you know, he was the first lockout player that yeah. we ever had and came straight out of San Jose. Uh, it was a weird one for him because he was a young guy who just made the NHL, mm. so it wasn't like he was a veteran assured of his position going back. And you know, you could tell he was always a bit nervous about doing something to jeopardise his career back mm. home. But he knew he wasn't in a position not to play. Yeah. Um. So he he was coming here, and uh, I still keep in touch with Rob Davison. Um. Super super nice guy, doing very very well in his coaching career. Is now coaching in the Marlies. They just won the yeah. Calder Cup last year with uh, Sheldon Keefe. Uh, a guy that I still go to for references on players mm-hmm. because he's got quite a, a wide reach across the Austrian league from when he was with Red Bull Salzburg, yes. uh, now the American league. So uh, a, a guy that is always happy to pick up the phone and uh, and give the Devils a hand. So. And, and he, he went back to the show and he was a decent depth guy, wasn't he? He played a lot of games in New Jersey, was it? Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, he was... You know, one of those dependable defensive defensemen that was, you know, would take on a fight, you know, had, you know, a number of fights, you know, that was part of his role and, you know, did a, a good job of it too. Um, you know, and, you know, we saw the wrath of him. We talked about the Perron hit before yes. on Cullen and, uh, yeah. and how he went through the plexiglass to, uh, to get that, that Perron. Absolutely. It was the game after that in the WNIR when, after that Cullen incident had happened and, Davison put in a performance, I think, that he always had in him mm. uh, that night. And every time Perron touched the puck, yeah. Davison was right in his face. Um, he threw a couple of mean hits uh, against him. And he, he policed that yes. game in the way that I think I'm sure he would have if he had been a devil full-time. Absolutely. And, and not harboring that locker contract. And I don't begrudge him of that. No. Franny, is the last point on that. Were we ever close to getting Scott Parker that year that you're aware of? 
because that was always the rumour I heard around Christmas time when it looked like the lockout was going to complete the season. It was said that Davison and Scott Parker were pretty close. and that I haven't got a clue. No, I, I don't know. know on that one. Well, that was just here saying... Yeah. But there was some good guys We are still talking to Scott Parker and there's a chance that we might bring him <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there absolutely. We go. And that's... Uh, Scott Parker, the ice hockey player, not the. Coach I was going to say, I was, I was thinking the ex West Ham and Tottenham midfielder. I know he's good. But... I'm sure he'd better do a job at ice hockey. Yeah, it's always dependable, wasn't he? Um, who else have we got in this? Well, we got, we'll go one, right one up to the year, end. Of... Yeah, one more year in the B- BBT, haven't we? So we've got. The... Oh, the BBT, WNIR. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> one more year in the WNIR, uh, which was that very famous Challenge Cup winning year. Yes. Um, so we've got to mention the guy himself, Reggie Stranger. Yeah. Um, came in, friend of Regan Derby's. Yeah. Um, Seemed to pick and choose what he wanted to play. He came in for a bit and then went back for a bit and then came back he in. Had exams, and... I, I oh, he had exams, I think. He was yeah. training to be a financial advisor. He'd had a very <laughs> successful sort of minor pro career yeah. where he was always like a, a top scorer. Um, we were looking for, is that, I think it might have been Ed Patterson was injured. Did he pick up an injury? Uh, he retired. He, was coach. he, ret- he, was, he was player coach, coach and he yeah. retired, didn't he? And yeah. Yeah. It wasn't really working out as a player, was he? And he no. was trying to hard to Yeah, so we were looking for someone, especially with the cup final coming up. Yeah. And Darb steps up and I, in, in, you know, and he said, "Like I got this buddy at home. He's amazing, you know." Yeah. So you know, we bring him in, we take uh, Darb's word, and he comes in and uh, you know, absolutely oh. sets history with probably the coolest penalty shot that that there's ever been. And uh, yeah, wicked guy. Yeah, uh, I mean, I love Regan Darby as you know, he's still a good friend of mine, and I still talk to him all the time. And Again, I think he's a, a guy that could have done a job for the Devils for a number of years in that, you know, big tough mm-hmm. defenseman role we talked, you know, about before in the tough guys, how he turned the Challenge Cup he did. final, the momentum swing on that fight with Graham Bielak. Um, you know, Darbs, I mean, he did have like a Tourette's about him about uh, dumping the puck over the glass. It was, mm. it was just some <laughs> weird thing that was going on where he looked like he was going to make the right play and then all of a sudden he'd try and go glass and out and go over the glass and <laughs> <laughs> like, he must have set the record for, for the amount of uh, delay a game penalties yeah. but that aside uh, you know Dobbs was a, a player he was. that could skate really well hit hard you know the first few games he played for us I think he, you know he had two or three fights he did he? a London game he, he was Trevor Baker, I seem to remember him fighting. Yeah, Trevor was Baker, the and there was another guy, Dave Kazauka in Coventry, yeah. who was actually a friend of Dabs. Yeah, and he was trying to like make a point, you know. And Dabs was like, "Come on, you don't want to do this." You, you know, he was always offering to fight him, and Dabs like, "Come on, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do this. You know what's going to happen." And uh, Kazauka was, you know, I think that's all he could offer the team. So, you know, he fought Dabs, and Dabs put him in his place uh, a number of times. But Dabs is somebody. On a personal level, I would have loved to have seen stay um, a long time, but also as a player, I think he could have offered the devil something for, for a number of years. Um, you know, I'd love to have seen Reggie Stranger come back and get yeah. a, f- a full season under his belt because I think he would have been one of the most dominant players in the league. And I think on that team as well, Louis Goulet. Yeah. Louis Goulet is, yeah, I really like Louis Goulet. See, I, I, I liked his work ethic. I didn't think he put up anywhere near enough. But Franny corrected me on this in one of the first... He, he told me his point production was really good. I never thought he, he... I got the impression he didn't put up enough points or enough goals for me. I must me. have been looking at elite prospects. I'll do it now. You, you must have been. <laughs> Just he... what Franny does, I would say, that Reggie, Reggie Stranger penalty shot, as Franny says, one of the greatest ones I've ever seen. 
The preceding penalty shots to that were absolutely awful. That was the only one scored, and he, there was one where a stick was broken. Barry, Barry Moore. Moore. Barry, Barry, Barry Moore. I mean, he looked like the, he had the goalie beat, and yeah. then. Uh, was that written in the, the stars that plastic break because it, it exploded yes in his hands it's like yeah. there was no one around him and, and he hadn't really even flexed it that no. bad the like, funny thing about that is that Coventry were making a big deal that year about having this amazing deal with a new stick supplier <laughs> <laughs> and you know we were saying you know we're almost bragging at how you know because those one piece sticks are expensive yes you know, 100 pound plus sticks you know even at that time and they had this new deal uh, with the stick supply that they were really proud of, and then in the biggest game of the year, taking a like a wrist shot almost, the thing just absolutely blew up. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we go on to win it. But uh, yeah, Louis Goulet, lack of point production, Let's despite the fact yeah. that he finished as top scorer and top goal goal scorer on the Devils team that year. With how many? Um, with forty five games, thirty eight points, seventeen goals. Yeah, that's why we didn't win anything. We did, we won the challenge. From, from memory, he wasn't ever on a line with a playmaker. I, I, I always seen him as a goal scorer. Yeah. He would end up with Jonna, I think, towards the end of the year. I, they scored a goal think. in the playoff semi-final. Yeah, so, um, so Vez, Vez would have gone out. It was his final year. Patterson got injured. I, I know what you mean. I, 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 I don't do think he ever mean. had that foil no. that he, to, to get the best out of him and for him to get the best no, out of those No, but I, I always... Um, I don't know, with Louis Goulet, I, I equate him with a, a Canadian and slightly more fancy Warren Tate. I loved all the effort. <laughs> um, but in my mind, for some reason, I didn't think the end production was there. Maybe I just had, because he came in from Alaska, didn't he? Alaska Aces, I think yeah. he had a, yeah, he had a big, big numbers, resume. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I was, I'm, again, probably similar to Mario Simeone, someone I'm being unfair on because I expected more. Uh, Warren Tate, I loved Warren Tate. If the WNIR didn't have boards, Warren Tate would skate straight down Caroline Street. <laughs> um, but I guess Strange, an iconic image for a player that played so few games. Yes. Being mobbed by his teammates, windmilling his arms yes. in a cup final in the final year of the Wales National Ice Rink. Yeah. That is uh, maybe gone at the perfect time. <laughs> I, I think so and, and, and that was a special game and without you know rehashing things I, I believe Mark Richardson had lost his dad that, that week and, and when you think they, things are meant to be yeah. having been 3-0 down in the first leg uh, Regan Derby having that fight um, you know I mean we will cover this game in long form as well I'm sure we, we will, really but, will but but uh, you know uh, Rent will get in the, 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 the goals uh, G getting that tip in um, and then you know the stick exploding, what have you, and Regan Strange, you know, was was doing somebody's accounts on the bench and <laughs> cast him to take a penalty shot, and he goes and writes himself into into folklore. And I remember the next day we had to play in Edinburgh, Edinburgh. yeah. And I, I think Reggie was probably the drunkest guy <laughs> in both Cardiff and Edinburgh. Um, yeah, that was. Yeah, I thought that what a night that was, oh, and, and then at the airport it kind of carried on, and you know we were probably a disgrace to to play in Edinburgh <laughs> in the condition we were in, we were in, and you know if if he had his best game for the Devils the night before, yeah. I think Reggie had his worst game for the Devils up in Edinburgh, but uh, yeah, he earned it. He earned and it. and I and I blame him. I just should say for breaking my ankle because it was a good night in Gretzky's that night, and I played Sunday morning football. Uh, at that time and I played Sunday morning football the next day with a big hangover maybe went into a tackle a little later than, than I would want and broke my ankle so uh, 
Reggie Sanjay won the Challenge Cup and broke my ankle, so he's popular on two fronts. You're blaming <laughs> Reggie Sanjay for your blaming... football skills. Oh, <laughs> along with many other things. Um, is that it for the WNIR era? Because if it is, we will take I, a break. I think that's a, a nice four-hour-long summary of <laughs> Heineken League, Super League, and the, the, the origins of, of Elite League up until uh, we move out of the iconic WNIR. So we will come back and record from the tent and viola arena eras so for now gentlemen wow that was a lot longer than i expected but no less interesting of course as always thank you very much john donovan thanks guys and of course thank you very much neil francis cheers guys uh, we will be back for the tent and viola arena era on too soon but for now We'll take a short break. Thank you very so much for listening. Please keep interacting with us on Twitter. And uh, we will keep pumping these episodes out for you. Thank you so much for the support. Good night.